JB tells us a little bit about his advertising background and his interest in cannabis. <laughs> Welcome to the High Fidelity Podcast. I am your host, Bridget Connery, coming to you from the dialed studio at Hula on the shores of beautiful Lake Champlain in Burlington, Vermont. In today's episode, we talk to J.B. Sugar, the director of digital sales at Weed Street Now, a digital marketing platform servicing cannabis retailers. We spoke to J.B. about the unique challenges that cannabis companies face when it comes to advertising, and then honed in on some strategies businesses can employ to drive both brand awareness and sales. We'll be right back. Hey there, and welcome back. Today, we're talking about cannabis and advertising. Cannabis companies face several challenges when it comes to advertising, primarily due to the complex legal landscape surrounding the industry as a result of federal prohibition. States where cannabis is legal often have their own regulations governing advertising. These can be quite restrictive, dictating the content and placement of ads, as well as the age and location of the target audience. Despite the increasing acceptance of cannabis use, a lingering stigma remains around the industry. This stigma can make it difficult for companies to find advertising partners willing to work with them and to create content that will be positively received by the public. Many popular advertising platforms like Google, Facebook, and Instagram have strict policies prohibiting the promotion of cannabis products. Because of these restrictions, cannabis companies often struggle to gather data on the effectiveness of their marketing efforts. This lack of data makes it difficult for companies to optimize their advertising strategies and to understand their return on investment. So what can cannabis companies do to drive both brand awareness and sales? We brought in J.B. Sugar, the director of digital sales at Weed Street Now, to explore the options. JB is an OG in the digital ad space and has been smoking weed for decades. We covered a wide range of topics, including content marketing, event sponsorships, influencers, co-op advertising, and JB's sweet spot, hyper-local digital advertising. Let's get into it. All right, today we're excited to have JB Sugar on the show, and JB is an expert in Cannabis advertising, um, and well, JB, I'm going to let you talk about your background a little bit. You've been doing it for a long time, so um, tell us how you got into advertising, and well, then why the shift to cannabis. Yeah, we'll start there. Sure thing. I've been doing digital advertising for about 23 years now, kind of almost OG back in the beginning, and uh, I used to run TVGuide.com, and I was affiliated with a lot of print companies, so I would run the website for SportsIllustrated.com, People.com, and then I followed my rock and roll dreams, and I ran LiveNation.com, which was kind of the coolest job I could ever say I had. Uh, That being said, then I kind of got into location-based advertising, and I ran MapQuest, good old MapQuest at Mm. AOL. 
And I ran that for about three years. And, um, you know, it was kind of on the outs uh, because Google Maps was starting to take over and the position shifted mm -hmm. 100% on that. But um, my, my interest in love, I guess I could call it a uh, location-based advertising really happened with that and the utility of advertising and how you could mix kind of the branding, the location, and the actual return on ad spend and associating the data with somebody seeing an ad and showing up somewhere. Right. And as that happened, I bought a house up here with my wife and we kind of decided we're going we're gonna to go all in and move up here. And I started doing location-based advertising for cannabis. And I've worked at a couple different places. Prior, my first experience uh, with actual cannabis advertising was I did some digital consulting for High Times Magazine, hightimes.com. Cool. When I moved up here, I, I found a couple places that uh, a couple different, I worked at a couple different cannabis uh, ad jobs, four years at it now. And... Um, what I find is that there's been a, a real shift in advertising or, or the need for it and the way it happens with cannabis. It's unique because it is obviously not federally legal. Right. So it's all location-based. Right. So, so what do you mean by that? So let's talk about sure. um, the, the challenges. You know, the cannabis industry faces a lot of challenges everywhere because it's federally illegal. So that right. doesn't allow us to do certain things. And then every state then has kind of like its own rules and regulations on top of that. So right. what are some of the challenges that cannabis companies, no matter what state they're in in the United States, face in terms of blockades to be able to create brand awareness? Uh, first of all, it always has to be kind of 21 plus. Yeah. And we do that through programmatic advertising and digital exchanges. We have a, a lot of first party data that actually confirms that and how we do it. And then the other ones are you want to be within a targeted area if you have a certain dispensary. Let's say in Michigan, I have a lot that deliver to a certain number of zip codes. I actually only target the ads to those zip codes. Or you could say, you know what, within a 10 mile radius and that 10 mile radius might be a hexagon around a dispensary. Right. So as devices or people come within that, then they get served those ads. And so that's in the digital advertising space. And you say that it's kind of like hyper local that way. Right. What about some of the Facebook and the, the Google challenges? Some of those just bigger things. Right. So Facebook and Google do not take cannabis advertising. Google advertising, and when I say that is essentially you can't buy the keywords. So if somebody looks and says dispensaries near me, you can't buy to that. You will show up on the natural search. And there are things that I encourage all of my clients to do, like sign up for Google My Business. You can register your business there. Right. The secondary thing, by the way, I tell people and they never think of is registering on Bing. Bing still accounts for 17% of all searches in the country. Oh, no kidding. Huh. And it's a default on Dell and Samsung products. It actually powers Yahoo search. Well, so I'll take know. the 17%. <laughs> exactly. So they don't do that. Facebook just, uh, they're a federal contractor. I just don't think that they've actually figured out that it's worth it to them. To, right. to take it, even though their ad revenue is hurting right now, it's not going to be enough to, for them to face up to the, the criticism that they may get because, you know, there's always the mothers who say, what about my children kind of right. stuff. Right. Right. So you can't, you can't boost an ad there. You can't place an ad, but 
And you can be there as a company Correct. on those platforms, but you have to be very careful about what you do. Correct. Right? Your posts can't look like they're ads. <laughs> right. They have to be more like educational. You have to be very careful with the words that you use and things like that. And I always kind of think that it's like, it's inevitable that you're going to get shut down on one of those platforms at some point if you haven't right. already. You right. know, we happened to us a few times. And I always do tell people that it's not if you're going to get shut down, but when. Yeah. And and that's what we, we encourage a dual path for our clients where they actually have two accounts and we try to get them to get as many users or followers on each one. So when what shuts down and they have to protest it, then they just start posting on the other. Gotcha. And I, and I also used to say this, that uh, nobody's ever going to like shut down Snoop Dogg smoking or <laughs> or scantily clad women in bikinis smoking bongs until one day I actually saw, I went on, I was following Mike Tyson and I saw on Instagram that there was this blue check mark or the red check mark or whatever it is on Instagram hmm. and it was blank. And I figured out that they had shut down Mike Tyson's account for some reason. Oh, or wow. Huh. <laughs> so there went my theory. There went your theory. But, um, I think, too, I mean, part of the reason why that happens, I think, is because people report you, unfortunately. You know, I'm thinking, like, your competition. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Reports you, even if you're, like, doing, trying to follow the rules. You know, yeah. that's one of the kind of, like, the... One of the not so nice things that happens in the cannabis industry. Yeah, I think um, it happens in a lot of yeah, things. But yeah, yeah, probably. I it probably agree. doesn't. Yeah, it's kind of like our culture right now. And everybody suspected it whenever they got their accounts shut down. I had a dispensary out in Michigan, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're pretty sure our our competition reported us." Right. So. There's only so much you can do. There's a lot of, you'll see nothing for sale here, as right. they say, and 21 plus only. So right. they're trying to follow the rules. But again, I don't consider this advertising. What you can do is pay to boost, and that's their ad model. What you can't do is pay to boost a cannabis account. Right. So you can register it. You can have it. I would recommend you do things like social equity and, you know, we're cleaning up the earth. And right. And we're real, educating. Or yeah. bud tender of the month or light. Meet our team. Exactly. Cannabis light stuff. Yes. Yeah. And uh, But when you start posting products and saying buy one, get one or whatever it may be, that's clearly for sale. And that's clearly what they're not going to like. Right. Right. So are there any other big things like on the national front that are kind of like no-nos for cannabis businesses? Well, what's, what's tough is like if you run a print ad, let's say you wanted to run in Rolling Stone, uh, a print ad, you would have to do it only locally. And I'm not sure that, you know, they would actually do like only a Massachusetts ad or only a, or and it would be so cost prohibitive that you would never do it. Right. Uh, you could run in high times. You know, of course they're going to take it. Right. Or like Broccoli Magazine, something like that. Correct. And yeah. the, those are really very expensive. They're beautiful. I, yeah. I love print and always have, but it's kind of an inefficient way at this point. Right. Right. You got to know your target audience. Right. <laughs> you know, it might be worth paying for it, you know, and something right. like that if that's your audience. Yeah. All right. And so Vermont has some specific rules on top of some of the challenges that people have on the national front. And so... What are those primarily? One of them is that you have to run your ads by the CCB. Are we like the only state that requires that? We are. Um, the only other states that, that have rules for that are Florida and Pennsylvania, and those are both medical only. 
Got it. So, and my understanding, I've never, I've never run ads in Pennsylvania. I have in Arizona, Michigan, Illinois, Massachusetts, Maine, and I've never run them. Uh, and I have run some in Vermont, but I've never run them there. And my understanding is that Pennsylvania just basically doesn't even get back to you. <laughs> so does that mean that no ads ever go out or people just move forward with them anyways? <laughs> I think they, well, here in Vermont, they do have, so we do have a, the Cannabis Control yeah. Board says that uh, you are supposed to submit your ads and that they have 10 business days to approve them, I believe is the rule. And that if they do not approve them, that you can run those ads. That's tricky, yeah. you know, having to wait 10 days, right. you know, to run a promo or something like that. And I think that you have to submit your proposed ad by like the Friday in order, because they only review ads, I think, on Mondays. At least that was what was happening at one point. I oh, read geez, that in a CC really? meeting. So there's that thing too. So you really right. have to get way ahead right. of what you want to do, which is tough. And the other thing is, uh, let's say that I have an excess of pre-rolls and I want to do a buy one, get one, right? right? And that is very time specific. That kind of kills that. Yeah, it totally does. And, and you know, that, that I find overreach. Right. That would be my beef there. Yeah. The other is, do we really in, in the state want to hire state employees to actually judge ads? Right. And there's a lot of things like <laughs> bubble <laughs> font. You can't have any bubble font. I'm like, can you show me what bubble font is? <laughs> is it one of those things like you'll know it when you see it? <laughs> I've never seen bubble font right. <laughs> described as that. But um, so that's what I, I think is a slightly egregious right. in this state. And, and I get it that the Cannabis Control Board, they enforce, but they don't set the rules. Right. Right. I think they have some say in how the law is interpreted, you know, how they're going to implement that it. That for like sure. That's the difference. But it is a law that they have to approve them. Like yeah. They can't change that on their own. And it will um, be the only adult use state of the, I believe, currently 21, where state employees approve ads. Right. And I would rather go on the, uh, I do remember one of them saying, we go on the trust and verify system. Which we do on a lot of things. I hear that a lot. <laughs> I would really like that to be that. Yeah. You know, here's what we do. Do this. And if somebody's in violation, egregiously, then let's call them out. Right. Right. Other than that. Let's do business as business should be done. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is a currently going on a, a public comment period for rule changes that the CCB is proposing. And so they do that. I don't know if it's annually. I think it's probably just annually. And so all the proposals are available online right now. And I went through them and there's not much on in there in terms of advertising. So I know that they've heard a lot of complaints from companies about advertising, about how difficult it is. And that's uh, exemplified in the fact that only like 50 ads have even been submitted. <laughs> Yet <laughs> you know, they fully said they of, rejected yeah. half of them. Yes, exactly. Um, and so there's not a lot of advertising going on. The one thing that I think that was good was that they were, it looks like they're proposing to kind of reduce the size of the warning language that has to go on like the, every package and every ad, the any marketing area. Right. So that'll be good because right. I think that the size of that warning, if you wanted to run a, a print ad in like seven days, I mean, the cost of the warning alone would be like a quarter page, <laughs> you know, um, which is cost prohibitive. Because you think about it, I mean, Vermont has prioritized Small farms and small growers. Right. And so a lot of them don't have a big advertising budget to begin with, you know, and so that might make it a little bit easier for them to find some places to to advertise for that. But right. anyways. All right. So those are some of the challenges 
nationally and in Vermont. Let's kind of move on to like what some of the solutions are, right, <laughs> you know, right, for sure. and give some people some information about what they can do and maybe some talk about what a reasonable advertising budget should be for a cannabis company right now and how to go about understanding who their market is and how to target them. Right. So. Right. So, so I would say you really kind of want to think about what's the size of the place you're in, what's the size as in county, state. Um, you know, I know Vermont is, mm-hmm. Vermont to me, uh, there's 660,000 people, give or take, yeah. 40,000 students. Let's assume that half of those are 21 plus. So it's 20,000 students and then it's 12 to 14 million tourists. Right. And to me, that is the sweet spot, the tourism. Right. How do we reach the tourists? How do we get out there and reach it? So what I would what I would look to do is establish who you think your market is. Like if I'm a dispensary or a brand, who's my audience? Do I just want to be the party fun brand? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be the, hey, we have a tincture that's really kind of medicinally oriented? Do we have, uh, you know, what are, what are the highlights and benefits of the brand? I would look to figure out that. And then I would look to figure out like, hey, if I'm a dispensary and I'm in Burlington, mm-hmm. I know that soon we're going to have 10 or 11 online here. Yeah. That's a lot of dispensaries. It is a lot. How do you stand out? Mm-hmm. And do you have exclusive products? Do you have a bent? Are you, I, I know one of them is reaching into the LGBTQ mm-hmm. uh, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then one of them is, is leaning a little more towards the, uh, we have pipes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've been old school at that. Yeah. So you want to establish that as the flavor of your brand. Right. So you want to reach that customer, right? And you want to know, do you have exclusives on certain flower, certain brand? Are you, are you actually producing your own, which many of them are? I don't know if they're necessarily producing them or white labeling them, right. but, but, um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. And, uh, then you have to establish like, okay, if I'm in Burlington, what is the real – I think in and, – and I'll use this air quotes – in greater Burlington, I think there's like 220,000 people. Yeah. So how do I reach those 220,000 people best? You can do an ad in seven days. You can do an ad in the Burlington Free Press. I don't think the television stations are taking them yet because, again, they're sub-licenses of federally licensed entities. So CAX, the CBS one up here, probably is not going to take a cannabis right, ad. Right, right. I don't want to speak for them. Right. But. And then uh, – I mean, and they have – the other thing that's challenging in Vermont is that you have to prove that the audience is – no more than 15% under 21. And that, the burden of proof of that is on the, the advertiser, and, and right? That, so how do they go about doing that? Well, that is a slightly ridiculous rule because we are, uh, I, I don't know if we're the only state, but usually the burden of proof, if, if I'm Rolling Stone or if I'm seven days, I have that proof. So I'm taking cannabis ads I'm a, a, and they should just establish themselves as that. Right. They shouldn't have the different dispensaries submit the same thing over and over and over again. So what they can do is there are, there's reader surveys, 
Um, there's that type of stuff. I, I do think uh, I did see a guy. I believe it was in Rutland, or it could have been St. John's, where he goes. They they wouldn't run. He didn't have a subscriber study, and he said, "I, I can't I don't really, know, right? I can't really it. afford that." But he said, "When's the last time you saw a kid open up a newspaper?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and that the the threshold of fifteen percent is not egregious. It is uh, because that's the same requirement for alcohol, give or take. Right. Uh, so when I was at Sports Illustrated and we ran Jack Daniels, we did have to register that type of stuff. So that that exists, right. and and. But if you're doing something like programmatic advertising, and, and that's what I, I work at a place called Weed Street now, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what we do. And uh, we do programmatic advertising. We always do 21 plus. We always do it geofenced. And uh, again, I talked about whether it's uh, the zip code you deliver to or kind of a, a, a general rule of 10 miles around a dispensary. Um, we also do things like we'll, we'll target within it. Can I curious? So if somebody has searched, hey, what's the difference between an Indica or Sativa? I can. I know that. Uh, I also know, frankly, um, that y- whether you've been in a dispensary or not, whether your device has been in a dispensary or not, in the Jeez. last uh, year, <laughs> nothing's <laughs> nothing's private anymore. <laughs> no, I, this is the world we live in. Yeah, you know, totally. and and uh, then you can kind of. Uh, I can also target people who have been in the parking lot of your competitors. Right. So I can tell whether they've actually been in your competitor or not. And then you advertise to them. Of no. course. Of course. <laughs> so how do you find out? So you, what you're doing is the programmatic, because I'm not an expert in this. And sure. You, you work with advertising platforms, like whoever's online, and they're the ones who are supplying with you with the information that they're meeting that threshold? They've all, all, they've all done that. They've all opted in and it is all cannabis-friendly inventory. Gotcha. Cannabis-friendly inventory is also, frankly, liquor-friendly inventory, right. which means adults, which means 21 plus, because that gotcha. is a national age uh, in, in in every state here. Right. So I've run on things like the New York Post. I've run on things like CNN. And this is THC companies, Correct. not CBD. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. THC companies. Yeah. I've also run on popular mechanics I've run on Cosmo uh, so that's it, it's it's inventory that is kind of better inventory publications you know that are all, all opting in and saying yeah we're okay taking cannabis and we've all come in and said hey you know what we're all these are the 85% threshold but remember in those I'm only targeting the person that's 21 plus right and you can do that through digital advertising right and if you're a Vermont brand and your target audience is 45 to 65 correct <laughs> you know people using cannabis for wellness maybe yeah then you would be finding that customer that's the person right and so the difference is um with programmatic advertising you actually look for the customer not the publication so let's say rolling stone is the best place you can find uh one of the most obvious places and let's say here in vermont i think we have like 30 percent have we are the most pot friendly state there is uh and we have said that uh 30 percent of everybody's smokes or consumes some type of THC. I think that's a little light, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, and let's say you're, you know, so you want to reach that and let's say you have hopes that maybe 
10 to 15% more will come on. Uh, I think I think a huge growth market in this whole industry is the silver customer. Um, and Vermont is certainly an aging state. Definitely. It is one of the, the fastest growing, I think. Um, right. Audiences. Well, when you think about it, it's yeah. disposable income. Yeah. Maybe it's empty nesters. The kids are out. Exactly. Hey, I remember that. That was great. Yes. Or, and, and you know what? Maybe three drinks a night isn't good for me. Totally. You know? Yep. Yep. And more and more doctors are becoming comfortable with cannabis too. Right. And so they may even be having it recommended to them by their doctor to help them with pain or sleep or whatever. So... Correct. So, so you're going to establish your market, and like you know, maybe maybe some dispensaries up here, like you know what, I I I don't want to cater to that market. I have my own market to cater to, so I can figure out. We can help figure out like who you want to target, and so back to sorry, the Rolling Stone example. Let's say there's thirty uh, percent of everybody on RollingStone.com are cannabis users. Maybe it's 50%. Mm-hmm. But theoretically, if you ran directly with them, you would be wasting 50 cents on the dollar. Got because it. Right. you're hitting people who are just not going to smoke. And so that's what programmatic does. It looks for the person, right. the target. Yeah. I will say this. <laughs> The sin segments, as I call them, actually perform pretty well. So I do look for people who have been in a dispensary. I also look for people who have been in a bar. And I also look for people who have been on gambling sites. Oh, really? Oh, all, those are the sins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all pretty effective yes. at, at, at uh, targeting and all convert very well. Right. So what I try So to, what does a conversion look like? So, so what I do is I hook up to a point of sale system. Um, and the point of sale system, the most popular one out there is Dutchie. I believe it's got 70% of all transactions. Wow. Uh, does it really? Yeah. Wow. In, in cannabis. Yeah. I think it's in 50% or 55% of dispensaries. There's a couple other ones out there. Yeah. Heart Jane is right. very good. Yeah. Uh, there's one called Dispense, uh, which is coming on a bit. Timber. There, there's others. Yeah. But, um, uh, so I'm able to stick a tag onto Google. Uh, it's called a Google tag, and you put it in Google Tag Manager. It's just a simple little bit of code. And what I can do is I can tell whether a device or a person has been exposed to an ad and whether that person who owns that device made a purchase in that dispensary. So I put the two together, and then I give them a return on ad spend. To the advertiser. To the yeah. advertiser, yeah. 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 And what I do is I I promise a minimum of three to one after three months. Got it. Wow. Very cool. And so do you have many customers in Vermont right now or most of them in other states? No, most of them are other states yeah. at the moment. Yeah. And is that because of the the challenge of advertising? No. It's because we're in our first year and licensees are trying to figure out how to run their business and may not have a budget for advertising either? Like, what does something like that cost? Uh, It's about $2,000 a month. $2,000 a month, yeah. Right. But, you know, what I I will say is this. If I bring you $6,000, you gave me a dollar and I gave you back three. Right. Theoretically, isn't that a good deal? Exactly. Plus, there are the actual impressions you get, like a billboard, you can't really measure. Like print, you can't really measure unless you have a code. Right. And so... You get those impressions, but then you get a little bit of a, uh, a return on ad spend through digital magic, I suppose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what should a, a company in Vermont be looking at reasonably to 
for an advertising and marketing budget? Like, how would you go about trying to advise them now? I, so, so you you had asked me a, a little bit ago whether I, I thought you know I think Vermont's going to get there, yeah. and when I think someone like Burlington's going to have ten dispensaries, I think they're going to need an advantage, right? right? One or two of them are going to need an advantage, and and that's. That's, I believe, the time. I, I think when they're first getting up and running, I've been in them. There's not a lot of product differentiation. Right. They're kind of selling a lot of what they can get, yeah. having a hard time getting stuff on their shelves and keeping it on the shelves. So a little bit of why do you need to advertise? Exactly. Yeah. You know, but as proliferation happens, mm -hmm. so will the need to advertise proliferation and competition. Right. 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 So what, what's your advantage? Right. right. So. And trying to create a brand. Like Correct. right now, they're just whatever. They're in a position where they can just sell whatever they have coming in because right. of the supply and chain issues, or supply and demand issues. But, but establishing a brand for the long term is where advertising is super important. And th there are other, other things like I do see co-op advertising. So co-op advertising is something that I think was done best by the auto industry. So if you see something like, you know, built Ford Tough, that's tier one advertising. Then if you see the greater New England Ford dealers, that's tier two advertising, which is actually 50% paid for by Ford. And if, if you see tier three, like Heritage Ford here in, you know, Burlington. Right. They actually get money from Ford to advertise. So the co-op advertising, it happens in grocery stores as well. When you see an end of aisle that's like, I don't know, Canada Dry at, and, and uh, cranberry juice at uh, holiday time. And, you know, it's like, hey, make a great little cocktail. That those are paid for slotting fees. Right. So those fees can be done by a cannabis dispensary as well. Yeah, I wonder if any of them are at this point. Uh, in other states, they definitely yeah, are. Yeah, in other states, they definitely are. But I wonder, probably not in Vermont yet. So so I know of one that will match um, up to 500 bucks, one-to-one. One. And the halo effect of that really is once they come into my dispensary, I know they're not really only buying that product. Right. So you're, you're at your... Of course, you want to take advantage of that. Right. As far as I'm concerned, that's free money. Right. So what would that look like in terms of like if a co-op advertising in Vermont right now? Because we don't really have like brands out there, but we have retail stores. So that's basically like a partnership with a retail store. Right. To be like, hey, let's run an ad where you're, it's, you're paying for some of it, but you're putting in the ad that's available at my store. Right. And so we're going to cover part of the cost of the ad. Right. Possibly. So let's just pick a random brand, uh, um, you know, uh, Upstate Elevator. Yeah. Ubiquitous, great gummies. Yeah. Let's say Upstate wasn't really in a dispensary and Upstate went to them and said, hey, if you take, you know, these three new flavors and have X amount of an order, like five cases, whatever it may be, I will give you 500 bucks if you spend 500 bucks on advertising. Got it. So it's a kind of a one-to-one -one match. $500 is not necessarily the magic amount. Right. But there are in other states, and I, I don't know how it exactly works up here yet, but uh, other states will give you like, you know, there's 10% product free if you buy X amount of cases. So that type of stuff happens. Right. right. I would think that the retail, a brand partnership at retail would be a great place to drive brand awareness right now with our kind sure. of limited advertising abilities. 
And then, and then you turn around and say, Hey, you know, uh, um, upstate elevator gummies, the new sour raspberry flavor are available at Joe's dispensary in Newport. Right. By the way, I know Newport has an opt-in in. They haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Newport. (laughs) So where else can they, so partnerships with retail, Correct. Sponsorships might be another yeah. place. Yeah, and this is where I've seen uh, a lot of uh, Vermont brands leaning in, and I'm all for it. Um, for instance, there's a concert coming up. The Whalers are playing on 420. Mm. Um, at this point, they're the best Bob Marley cover band there is because I think like there is a son of one of the drummers or something is the drummer oh. or singer. <laughs> but still, like I saw them in Higher Ground. They're fantastic, and they're coming around 420. And I, I did see that Magic Man was sponsoring them. Gotcha. So. And those type of things happen. I, I know it's Zen Barney sponsoring some stuff or had sponsors and, and things like that. So uh, I'm all for that. And I think it's great. Cool. What are we missing? What are the other opportunities that for folks right now? Well, there's print. We yeah. went over that. Yeah. There, there is something called OTT, which is uh, over-the-top television or streaming. Uh, you can do commercials. Um, I ran a brand in Chicago on ESPN late night. ESPN found out and didn't like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so commercials can happen. Yeah. Those are a little more branding, right? Yeah. So, so if you want to get out there and say, hey, these are the best gummies in the state of Vermont or something or – Get true Vermont maple or whatever you want. You know, you, you can do that. And uh, those things can happen. That is another digital ad and that can happen. Um, uh, it's called streaming. So if you've got the Discovery app and you happen to be watching Maine House Hunters, a favorite of mine, or not House Hunters, uh, Maine Cabin Masters. Gotcha. <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> I've never watched. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> it's a treat. And they're, to me, very obviously cannabis consumers. I've never seen more Grateful Dead t-shirts in my life. <laughs> but uh, you can get streaming on that. And basically what you do is you, you shoot a commercial and you run it on uh, either directly with like Discovery or you can do programmatic and it'll find the right person and then run it. Uh, So that's another one. Twitter is actually the first social media platform that's taking it. I I don't know if it's proven to be effective yet. I know there is a minimum buy-in of $5,000 on that. So it is not cheap. And uh, so so that's happening. Let me ask you something about that on those kinds of platforms. Um, So they're taking ads. Yep. But if a Vermont company wanted to advertise on Twitter, would they, they still have to follow the Vermont rules? Is well, the, where it's, where's the jurisdiction there? Well, the, the, it's a little murky because I think Vermont wants you to submit the ad for that. But will I, but uh, I, I have heard somebody in the Cannabis Control Board say that they're not sure if the platform is based outside of Vermont, that they have any jurisdiction. And then in their own advertising guidance, they have said that social media platforms have their rules and we have no jurisdiction over them. So it's a little counterintuitive. I would tell you that they don't have it. Right. Jurisdiction. Right. They might argue. Right. So that that's kind of on there. Again, no other state has ever required me to submit ads. I'm willing to go through it with them, right? And 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 have at it with them, and you know, hopefully uh, resolve it. But right. uh, that's that's kind of they're they're the first social media platform that's doing it. And good old 
Elon apparently uh, uh, said that somebody came to him and said, hey, there's a huge opportunity of cannabis advertising, and they hadn't been taking it, and he looked at them, a known pot smoker, because he did smoke right. with Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, he <laughs> Is looked, he, did he just, is, is he a pot smoker? I don't know. Or did really he just know. do it on Joe Rogan because he thought it was I cool. try not to pay too much attention to that guy. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking about getting off Twitter completely for a whole bunch of reasons, but that's a whole other I'm story. not on it. It's an angry place. Yeah, it is an angry place. And then, uh, so promotion, um, you know, you've got social media, you've got... Um, so I, I want everybody to have a social media page, a social media account. Yeah. I want everybody to... I, I want them to all register their businesses. So it is Google My Business. It is um, Bing. It is, and and that's something I do help with. But you can do it on your own. You can register. There's actually 64 different search engines, um, and and what that does is it's considered. SEO, search engine optimization, Google food. So it's going to help you when, when you see something and you see um, a map and you see like the top five listings, that's called the map box. You want to be in that map box. Right. And you want – so you want to answer your reviews within three days, Google, and you want to, you want to actually – Make sure that your hours of operation are tight. Right. And that's the basics of it. Somebody has to kind of pay attention, mind the store, so to speak. Right. And uh, that helps with your search engine optimization. Right, which is going to help with, I mean, we know that that so many of the operators, and even our CCB said early on, that they really feel like the consumers are going to be coming from out of state. It's that tourist market. Right. That's where they're going to see you. They're right. going to look up dispensary in Burlington and it's all going to be like who's driven to the top right. there because you can't be advertising to them really any other way at this point. The ones that I, I'm not thrilled with are Weed Maps and Leafly. I, I like Leafly to look up the strains. Yeah, I haven't been on either one of those in a long time. What's even going on with them? <laughs> Weed Maps, um, I think they lost $90 million last year, so they're oh, not wow. killing it. <laughs> but... Um, and they they rely on advertising dollars to and the, and that's to me it's a little bit of a you're preaching to the choir so it has to be somebody on the Weed Maps platform who's searching for you right so I don't know that all the 14 million tours that come into Vermont are looking at you through Weed Maps yeah probably not yeah. so I always tell people it's 400 bucks a month to list there do it right and then. Don't spend. Uh, they've got their own map box. Right. Don't spend to get to the top of that. Right. So, uh, in Michigan, getting to the top in some markets, Detroit, for instance, costs you ten thousand dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. You know, everybody always thinks that cannabis companies have a lot of money to slosh around, but they don't. <laughs> you know, in the beginning, I think that there was a little bit more, you know, right. but now that the market is a little bit more saturated and you throw in just all the non-value added things that you have to pay for for regulation and 280E and all that stuff. There's not a lot of money left over for advertising. Right. It's really not, especially for retailers who get really get hit by 280E. So that's a lot of money to be spending every right. month. Got to be doing a lot of volume. Right. And that, that's kind of where, you know, I, I try to work with people on, on uh, I don't technically have a minimum, but I do recommend like a, at least a couple thousand bucks a month. Right. Depends on the size of your market, depends on the size of your dispensary, and this depends on your, depends on your dollar volume. So what are you seeing out there right now that people are doing well? You know, it doesn't even have to be in like Vermont. Like who do you think are some really, some brands that are really 
knocking it out of the park within the limitations that they have in terms of advertising. There's a lot of MSOs that do it right, you know, because uh, they have the money. I think that um, the co-op dollars is really where you can take advantage as a smaller advertiser. You can turn around and ask people to help you help them. Yeah. Uh, so help me. I'm going to put it on my shelves. Help me pull it through right. type stuff. And that's kind of a, a one way to do it. I think that the dispensaries are starting to they, – they really – what I see is – Cannabis advertising is very lower funnel. And what I mean by that is upper funnel is very branded, lower, and, and it is like, sure, if you're buying a $50,000 F-150, it's going to, you want to start seeing that six months out, right? Yeah. Because it's a considered purchase, a huge considered purchase. But cannabis is kind of like, uh, I'm near buying or buying today. Right. Lower funnel means close to the cash register. Gotcha. Right? So you want to see, Buy one, get one. You want to see free delivery. You want to see, again, delivery is not available here in Vermont yet, but hopefully it will be. Um, and you want to see uh, – that's the type of stuff that really moves the needle. I did have one uh, – it was very interesting. I had one um, advertiser who actually advertised a call center because they knew there was a big silver market that we touched on. And that they thought the silver market was a little bit uh, scared, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. to walk in and get embarrassed in front of other people who are like, come on, you know, <laughs> hurry it up. <laughs> and because th they want to explore and they yes. have a lot of questions. Yeah. So we drove a lot of advertising and a lot of response to a call center and that converted for them very well. Yeah. I would think that that would be good just for the new customer too. Right. You know, not just the older customer, but just somebody who's right. kind of curious and might feel intimidated going into a dispensary. Right. I'd like to talk to somebody first. Right. And and what what I what I encourage people to do is is kind of get out of their own head here. A lot of people I speak with are, are a focus group of one. You're not really selling to yourself. Right. So you you want to establish. Um, Look, if you liken it to the alcohol industry, there are people who drink, you know, wine coolers or weed claws or white claws. Sorry, <laughs> I, I call I call the seltzers that you can get weed claws. Yeah. Uh, so there are people who drink white claw and they just they're in it for the party. Yeah. They're just going to have some fun, and that's okay. Yes. You want to sell to them as yes. long as they're doing it responsibly. Right. And there are people who are, you know what. There's a lot of people who want to talk about uh, the different type of hops in Heady Topper. And uh, that's kind of... The can of sewers. The can of sewers. Call them. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and, and that's cool too. Yes. But like sometimes your dispensary can't cater to them all. But if you're big enough, maybe you should have a little bit of a product line for all of them. I do think that a lot of tourists will come up here. And, you know, I do think people are right. I think people are leaning into that like, hey, we're going to have a craft industry and that craft industry is going to be like Vermont craft beer and Vermont craft cheese and Vermont maple and Vermont cannabis too. Right. But, you know, sometimes again, people just want to like, hey, I'm going skiing at Stowe. I, I, I got a group of people with me and I want to buy, you know, uh, 10 pre-rolls. What's going to get me there? Right. When you bring up, you know, all those other places where Vermont shines, you yeah. know, and has been identified as having those craft products, I just feel like 
these advertising restrictions that we have really make it hard for our Vermont businesses to create that right. like brand awareness, I guess, because they can't advertise it. You know, and it doesn't. Just, it it hurts the the businesses that are yeah. trying to do that. You know, I mean, what industry? advertiser has such limitations. Any company needs to be able to advertise in order to attract customers, you know? So it's really hard that way. But also just for the state of Vermont, you know, I think that the state of Vermont would like to have a a cannabis brand, you know? And when we have these limitations on it, it really makes it hard to establish that. And I think it also hurts the local media. Right. Right? Right. And, and, And so, look, we all have selected a, you know, We've opted in. We're all in this together. And look, I hear Governor Phil Scott talking about like the need to create jobs. This industry is supposed to create twelve to seventeen hundred jobs, twelve hundred to seventeen hundred jobs. It's supposed to be a two hundred and twenty-five million dollar industry. Let's let it be that. Right. And we need advertising to do that. And we we do need to promote and yeah. advertise like a regular business. Yeah. And that's one of the things that people don't think about too. With cannabis, it's not just the the direct economic impact, you know, right. of the companies, you know, and just like the employees that they hire and, and such and such. It's all of the ancillary companies that they have to work with in order to right. be a business. You know, it's insurance, it's lawyers, it's marketers, it's designers, uh, it's packaging companies, and it's local media. The sales, who would love to have those dollars right. <laughs> to be promoting the salespeople at Seven Days in Vermont Digger, and you know the the people at Higher Ground who want a sponsorship. Yeah, all those people and the musicians. So who you know what they don't get paid a lot of money if they have a little bit of a sponsorship, they get paid a little right. more. Yes, you know so so it helps lift. So it, it's kind of one of those uh, high tide lifts all boats. So right. Well, that's a great way, actually, for a local brand to advertise is to sponsor a musician or, right. you know, I mean, they can do that, right? right? That's not advertising, so to speak. Would that be legal? I'm not going to ask. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we're running up on time here. What are you doing for 420? <laughs> Well, I'm going to go around and check out some food trucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of great places. Uh, I talked about the show. Uh, a lot of people are advertising they're going to have food trucks and TJs. I'm hoping to find uh, – I like to drive around and, and get some of the deals, but also just kind of check out the scene a little bit. I do like people on uh, Instagram who actually call it the holiday. I, I actually prefer to think of it as the hippie, hippie holidays, <laughs> the three hippie holidays. Oh, yeah, what are those? 419, which is Bicycle Day, the first acid oh, trip. Oh, yes, yep. 420, which is uh, self-explanatory. Oh, and Earth Day. And Earth Day, 422, wow. which is Saturday. That's so a those, big week. That, those are the happy <laughs> holidays, and they happen every year. <laughs> That's awesome. And then the Whalers are playing. Are they at higher ground? No, the Whalers are at uh, the Double E. Oh, nice. Awesome. So that should be a fun show. But, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff going around, whether it's uh, a concert or a food truck or just a sale. I think uh, it's good to go out there and uh, to uh, help support locals. I do like, um, I'll probably hit up some online sales, (laughs) meaning I might get a new PAX device. Ooh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And my final question that I always ask people, what are you doing to take care of yourself right now? 
so I, I'm looking to, you know, get out a little more, exercise a little more. As far as cannabis goes, uh, I'm a uh, I'm a consumer, I would say, in the evening only is kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. It's, to me, it's the, like, relaxing at the end of the day. Um, I, I'm not one who needs it during the day. Yeah. Uh, although I will say this, that uh, I have found it at uh, Grass Queen. She's got 1.5 uh, milligram gummies that are lemon that are really tasty. Awesome. And if you're a little stressed during the day microdosing (laughs) awesome cool well thanks for sharing and thanks for being here today I really appreciate it of course and we'll talk soon good to see you That'll do it for this episode. Thanks go out to my creative crew at High Fidelity, Olaf Willoughby and Shane Lynn, and to the team at Syntax in Motion for producing this show. A special shout out to Will Davis, my sound engineer. Thanks to you for listening to us today. If you enjoy what you heard, subscribe on our website, hi5vt.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Better yet, like, share, rate, or leave a comment. You can request topics or interviews for our show by emailing us at bewell at hi5et.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, be well and have fun out there.